regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast where every week the features are exactly the same. My name is Matt Lees. As always, I'm joined by John Log Blythe. Hello, I am John Log Blythe, as he has indicated. <laughs> and Stephen Hogarty. Stephen Hogarty. Oh, wow, hang on. Whoa, whoa. You just said my name and then you continued yeah. speaking. I'm sorry. That is poor Zoom chat. Let's, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Okay. John Log Blythe. Hello, I'm John Log Blythe and I've got a feature for you. Let me tell you that. I'm going to tell you that I just did. Deal with it. And Stephen Hogarty. Hi, how's it going? I'm Steve. It's Steve. That's right. On tonight's show. He asked you how got... it's going, Matt. Don't ignore oh. him. I think he asked you, Log. Nope, definitely you. Absolutely um, fine. Yeah, going fine. Steve, he's fine. Thanks, Log. Back to you, Matt. It's like we're in the same room. It's great. Like, nothing's changed at all. <laughs> no, this, this is just throwing to people in different studios now. I love it. <laughs> I'm Steve, and I've got a feature for you all about what if Stephen Hendry got trapped inside a hermetically sealed panic room for the duration of coronavirus and forgot to pack oxygen. The one ingredient that isn't stored in a snooker ball. <laughs> My feature is a celebration of Joe Scrabbles, our friend who could not be here tonight. Matt Lees. Uh, I'm going to be uh, confused about economics and out of touch with c- culture and taking you on an economic adventure. I love it. I love economics and I love adventures. So, shall we get into this or just fanny about for a while? Jingle! Fucking on the bitches, looking at the features. I forgot how I introduced these things. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Limber up, boys, because now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Oh, I cannot wait for this. It did the feature. Shut up, Log. Shut up. Stop postponing it. Stop just talking when Steve's about to do his feature. Honestly, Steve, I hate it when I do this. It's just you that. <laughs> are Stephen Hendry. Can you escape the hermetically sealed panic room you've been trapped in for the last eight weeks? Fucking sequel! <laughs> <laughs> As you all know, Stephen Hendry got spooked by coronavirus and bolted like a startled lamb into his panic room in his house. <laughs> but unlike a lamb... He is running out of oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) Lambs are well known for their big old lungs. I think lambs don't end up in panic rooms very often, generally speaking. I was trying to think what's the difference notorious cowardly custards. I'm surprised. (laughs) It's a panic room. Like I know what they're for, but do you think that people get carried away with the fact that it's called a panic room and people just end up like going into it whenever they just get a bit? I suppose this is what happened, isn't it? You just get a bit stressed and you're like, fuck. What, like just, a fainting couch? I don't know. Yeah, like that's it. Like if you have a fainting couch, are you t- like tempting fate in the same way if you build a panic room? It's like, are you just accepting that your life is going to be one that's going to be interspersed panic. with panic? Yeah. I've never been so panicked that I needed to change rooms. But uh, I imagine if I, if I did, I'd, I would like to have a room dedicated to... <laughs> 
to lowering my anxiety. Well, money. <laughs> yeah, well, for that, you have your sad room, your panic room. It's the uh, same room with a bean bag. <laughs> An identical room. <laughs> it's got a bean Sitting bag. Sitting a bean bag going, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. I'm, I can't afford this bean bag. I should never have bought it on Wayfair. <laughs> That's, uh, that, you save that kind of thought for the for the mild existential dread room. <laughs> Uh, regular readers of the Regular Features podcast will remember back in February, at the beginning of, in quotes, all of this bullshit, (laughs) I wrote a feature in which you were coronavirus. Could you frighten Stephen Hendry into a panic room? Now I bring you the sequel to that feature which I think within the thin rules about never repeating the same feature twice oh, yeah, is fine. okay. Um, yeah. Police Academy 2, their first assignment was not repeating Police Academy. <laughs> it wasn't a rerun of Police Academy. It had Z in it. It was different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You are Scottish former professional snooker player Stephen Hendry, and you've been locked alone inside your hermetically sealed panic room ever since you saw a coronavirus hovering near your fridge eight weeks ago. Entirely cut off from the outside world, you are beginning to run out of food, water, and oxygen. Do you A. Look around or B. Bang on the door of the panic room? Well, I feel like I'd be missing important content if I didn't look around. We'll have a look around. What's in here? Are there any lambs? It's a natural first step in any choose-your-own-adventure. You've got to look around, survey the scene, see which objects are there that you may be able to interact with later on mm-hmm. in the feature. You survey the scene. <laughs> Obviously, there are snooker balls everywhere. I remember them. Some strewn about the floor, others standing in formation along shelves like fat, round, glossy soldiers. The panic room is where you keep your collection of rare snooker balls, which are stored inside the hundreds upon hundreds of safety deposit boxes that comprise the back wall of the room. Now, eight weeks into lockdown and running out of food, you've emptied each box onto the floor and sucked the balls dry (laughs) in an attempt to ingest whatever nutrients John Virgo's greasy thumbs might have left behind. Yes, I know, snooker referees famously wear white gloves to avoid smearing the balls with hot bogeys so that they don't roll in straight lines. <laughs> or stick to each other for the mucus. But these are rare snooker balls, used at special underground snooker raves, where players eat sushis off a naked Silvino Francisco, and the referees go bareback and breathe on all the balls like they're rock-hard apples. So this is the shameful tableau before you. Stephen Hendry's top 100 snooker balls wicked clean by his own impatient tongue. (laughs) If you ever manage to escape this infernal panic room, you won't be the same man who entered it. Do you A. Bang on the door of the panic room or B. Try to build a rudimentary telephone using snooker balls. (laughs) Matt. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ask for help. I'm I'm an independent Stephen Hendry, and I don't want to ask for help from the outside until I've exhausted. I'm with you on that. I'm I'm sorry. I've just I uh, I got a bit distracted because I just I just got a text from somebody telling me that I've been uh, accidentally streaming. I've been streaming on Twitch 
absolutely nothing for 20 minutes because I've got... <laughs> Just a black, just a black that's a, screen. It's an awful way to describe my feature, Matt. <laughs> Thank, wow. Thankfully, none of this was was being broadcast directly. Otherwise, I think I'd be in more trouble. But um, one third of regular features without anyone else's bits would be an entertaining stream. No, you're right. One of the two thirds you're missing. But I do have to kind of work out what I've said in the past fifteen minutes. But no, nothing. No, no harm has been done. It was just one of those things of being like, I've really got to stop accidentally broadcasting things. Anyway, <laughs> oh, so they could hear your voice. <laughs> no, no, it was just nothing. It was just somebody being like, Matt, do you know that you're currently streaming a black void of nothing, and you've been doing it for like wow. twenty minutes? And I was like, no. Like the BBC World broadcast after they drop a nuke on the UK, <laughs> make you think. <laughs> It's because I've got it set up so that if I press Z on this keyboard at any point, it starts streaming, which is incredibly stupid. But um, there are reasons for that. But obviously the reasons for that are not good enough for the fact that I keep streaming random shit online without realising. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. I think we right, should definitely get your head do- back in the game. <laughs> get back in the game. Put the snooker balls in my mouth. And maybe Let's do this. Your options are to bang on the door of the panic room or to use the, what did I say? Try to build a rudimentary telephone using snooker balls. I shall repeat what I said. I think we Hang on. Should I do that without saying I'm repeating it, Steve? Uh, In case I edit out what matches. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) I reckon I want to just make a telephone out of snooker balls. But But I'm willing to go with Matt because uh, Matt's obviously been paying attention and probably has some better ideas. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm going with I'm going with Log. Okay. Stephen Hendry's panic room was built in 1988, so its only connection to the rest of humanity is a single pristine ISDN port. But you weren't paying attention when the man from British Telecom was explaining how it worked or what number it was connected to. You had snooker on the brain. (laughs) But now, if you could only find a way to fashion some kind of a telephone and plug it into this hole, perhaps we could call for help. Mm. You take a blue snooker ball and a yellow snooker ball (laughs) and place them on top of one another. Hello, you say. (laughs) Hello. There's no answer. It's hopeless. Do you? A, bang on the door of the panic room, or B, combine a bunch of items in your inventory to see if something works. You go first, Matt. I feel like I'm leading us down all the wrong alleyways here. You do it. I'm going to go for option number two, please, Bob. Were you texting? No. (laughs) You were texting. I wasn't texting. (laughs) Watson! Were you looking up delivery places on Google Maps? (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting. I'm sorry. I'm just still were a little you, bit distracted. Right? I'm sorry, my feature's not more engaging. No, Matt. it's were not. Were you googling that, how to stay awake when bored? <laughs> <laughs> what to do? Oh, put a lot of effort friend, into this, actually. Steve, no, no, no. I'm no. Can we? Can we? Can you do that again? Because I'm sorry. I'm just getting distracted. <laughs> can I fr- do that again? <laughs> yeah. Just to, no, mate. I just, no, he's done it. <laughs> I did it. Oh, I, I didn't hear it. Just the last bit. I'm sorry. I've got. I've, I've got to zone out. I'm just getting stressed because I've had the multiple layers of things and the fact that I don't actually even know who's texted me this. And I'm like, who is this 
person who's texting hey, me this. Maybe put your phone in another room. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little, um, you know, you know. Yeah, we're all busy, Matt. Well, we're I'm busy, not Matt. busy. We've all, we've all got this podcast to do. <laughs> you say, you say, how do you say you're not busy when clearly you've got so much on your mind? I'm not trying to intone that I'm busy. I'm just saying I'm fucking anxious. You know, it's, yeah. well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, don't let us make you more anxious by being passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> right. And anyway, I'm, I'm here now. I'm here. I'm sorry. Could you please? Could you just pick the first the first answer? That'd be good. Can I have the first answer, please? Yeah, thank you. Because I've written that, and I'd like to say it out loud, because <laughs> the other answer goes to the end of the feature. You bang on the door of the panic room. Great choice, Matt. You pound on the inside of the panic room door for what must be the thousandth time. Nothing. You place your Stephen Hendry ear against the cold steel and listen. And hear what sounds like, yes, an old episode of Four in a Bed. The one where David and Patricia find a pube on the toilet seat of the crown and use it as a thin pretense to deduct £20 from the bill in order to secure victory for their own B&B, much to the annoyance of Kate and Louise, who don't mind pointing out that the poached eggs at the Falcon Retreat were overcooked. I should have brought a chisel, Kate said, like a stone-cold bitch. <laughs> it's a classic episode. You were watching more for when the coronavirus chased you in here, and now the haunting lilt of shite reruns percolating through seven inches of reinforced metal is the only indicator that the world outside has not ended. This door makes you sad, so you stop listening. Oh, it's, hot. it's breaking my heart. God, I've forgotten about that obscure version of Come Dine With Me. <laughs> so. Do you, A, combine a bunch of items in your inventory to see if something works? Yes, A. You select each of the objects in your pockets in turn and attempt to combine them on every other object in your pocket, hoping that one of the combinations will help to progress the feature or maybe even end it. Just as you're about to give up, you use a rusted coat hanger left behind from a dry cleaning puzzle on an old Stephen Hendry stuffed toy, a relic from the heights of Hendry mania. The hanger gouges the voice box from inside the toy, and when coiled around it, forms a kind of rudimentary telecommunications device. You wire your homemade contraption into the ISDN port and jiggle it around until, at last, a voice comes down the line. It's an old recording of Bob Hoskins saying, It's good to choke, <laughs> over and over again. Despondent, you slump to the floor inadvertently triggering the voice box. It says your famous catchphrase. Hello, my name is Stephen Hendry, and I popularized the now universal tactic of potting the blue with pace and placing bottom spin on the white ball to cannon into the pink. Bob Hoskins stops speaking and replies, Stephen, is that you? <laughs> it's me, Bob Hoskins. I was employed by BT to sit at the end of this line for 24 hours a day for the last, last eight, 13, eight, 20, 31, 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> Saying my famous catchphrase, even though now that I think about it, I think I died about five years ago. 
<laughs> just in case you were ever trapped inside your panic room and needed to communicate with the outside world. I can inform you that the lockdown measures have not been eased and you must remain indoors for at least another three weeks. Thank you. It's good to talk. <laughs> it's good to talk. <laughs> it's good to talk. <laughs> It's good to talk. Regular features come now. Matt, mm -hmm. Steve, yes, it's time for my regular feature. Holy shit. Let me tell you that, did you know that yesterday when we were originally meant to be doing this podcast, it was actually Joe Scrabble's birthday? No. Literally, on, on, amazingly, Joe Scrabble's became the new age that he is now and wasn't then. That guy was born? No. Yeah, on the... Maybe it was the same day that we became the world's number one in deaths? That's that's very on brand for yeah, Joe yeah, Scrabbles. Brilliant. What a, what a guy. He, like, he loves to wallow in that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, anyway, as is customary, I would like to give a speech in honor of our absent friend who says he can't podcast tonight because he's got something better to do. So, if you see Joe outside of his home tonight, please report him to the police for endangering the NHS. But he didn't even clap. The first time I met Joe, this is my speech honouring the life of Joe. The first time oh, I met Joe, thank you, thank you, Matt. The first time I met Joe was at school. I was 16, had just finished my GCSEs and was hanging around outside the school gates because I couldn't get a job or any friends my own age. And that was where I met a five-year-old Joe. And it sounded a little bit like this. Hey, Daddy-o. Want to ride a massive tricycle into a hedge? That sounds stupid. Oh, come on, kid. You haven't lived until you've spat out a twig at 15 miles an hour. I've got to go home for dinner. Oh, sure. Go ahead. I just don't get why you'd rather slam your large foreign teeth into a bowl of spaghetti hoops when you could be helping me to investigate a concrete tunnel I found. That I'm too big to fit in. It's not spaghetti hoops. It's mini buffs on croot with hot Viennetta. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a check and a mate. I'll just go home my trike then, shall I? Oh, and Joe. What? It's downhill all the way to my house. I'm the luckiest man in the world. Who was that man, Mr. Pobody? <laughs> Mr. Oh. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Pobody. Yes, Mr. Pobody is in from half of the joke Pobody's Nerfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm on it. <laughs> Who was that man, Mr. Pobody? Oh, what? That was Log. He did quite well in his GCCs, except for woodwork. You know what he made in woodwork, Joe? No. He made a one foot tall bird table. Me and the other teachers used to take it in turns to shit on it. When the shit got so high that you couldn't shit on it without getting shit on your bum or falling off the table, you lost. They sound mean. Rumour has it, he doesn't want to go to college because he's a, he's a woofler and he's scared of bumming. Mr. Pobody? What is it, Skirbles? I'm going to be a lovely person when I grow up, but also funny. 
Good luck with that, you fucking idiot. That was our first meeting. After that, it was a blizzard of hours, which settled into a six-inch permafrost of days, before the heat of the months thawed those hours into a river of years. The next time I met Joe was purely by accident, during a potluck in the shrublands of Wyoming. He was... 20 or something? What the fuck is a potluck? I don't know. Let's ask this whimsical cowboy. Hey there, boys. Want to slide this dandelion into your nose and ear and sing a song about buckles? Mm, bit too whimsical for me, mate. Actually, it's a metaphor about uh, for coronavirus testing. The dandelion represents the invasive test and the buckle represents tightening the belt as economic... Wait a minute. You're not a whimsical cowboy at all. You're doing a politics. Well, in the absence of a rigorous press, someone's got to hold the government... Come on, let's split this clock, political potluck, whatever it is, and check out this concrete tube I found in England 20 years ago. No, thanks. God damn it, Joe Screvels. I will get you into that concrete tube, and you will smell the fart I did into it in 1999. Come on, guys. Check out this... The third time we met was when I was associate editor at official Xbox magazine. Joe had just turned up for a week of unpaid intern work, and I was hard at work scrubbing through my old Google Docs for ideas for episode 44 of Regular Features. Hello, I am the editor of official Xbox magazine. Hello, I am the intern. Joe! 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 Joe, it's me! I'm the associate editor! While you're here, you'll mainly be writing news articles for the website. Now... They're going to completely delete the website in about eight years, so we're not going to pay you. Joe! Joe! Do you remember me, Joe? Do you want to go to the M&S in the station for lunch? That's it, really. There's no jobs going on this mag, uh, but if you're not a cunt like all the other interns, maybe you'll get a job on official Nintendo magazine in a few months. Okay. I shall write an empathetic and funny article with humanity in its soul. Hey! Joe! Joe! Do you want to sniff a really old fire in a concrete tube? And last night... I foresaw in a dream the last time that myself and Joe would ever meet. It was in the room that the lawnmower man was in, at the end of the film, The Lawnmower Man, where he is checking every port so that he can escape and go into the telephones of everyone in the world. Only instead of internet ports, it is concrete tubes. Fucking hell, I'm sure I farted into one of these. I'm dead now. Bye. Fuck it. (laughs) And I don't think you've ever seen a a feature end with such a fast pivot to needing to end it. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I want a feature now. I don't think I want one. Right, it's time for me to do a feature now about what's going on on the internet and me trying to make sense of a new world, a new reality. It's confusing for all of us, and I'm just trying to get to grips grips with the fact that the world as we know it has dramatically changed, and I'm trying to channel that confusion through a choose-your-own-adventure. We have some good news and some bad news, explains your family solicitor, hunching over the corpse of your uncle and jangling loose coins out of his pockets. Your uncle has left you a small fortune just beneath that mattress over there, but I'm afraid it won't last all too long. Poking from beneath the bed, you see a flash of green and a distinctive aroma enters your mind zone. It cannot be, but by all measures, it is. Your uncle has bequeathed to you over 8,000 turnips. 
No one can remember the point in time which turnips became the world's most valuable economy, but these financially raucous roots are all that anyone can think about. Get these to the stock market before they go bad, and you'll be sitting pretty on a pile of hard cash heavy enough to crush a small family. This is the big time, my dear old daddy-o's, but can you get to the stock market in time? Now, Ooh, you're in clock yeah, zone like intact one. then. I thought, fucking hell. In, well, maybe. No one knows what's going to happen out there. You are in clock zone one. Still plenty of clock. So, these 8,000 rooties smell a little fruity, but you've got enough time to make it all the way across town. The current stock market rate is cruising at around $54.4 a piece, enough to retire if you're a loser. Now, the only way to get the deals you'll want is by ramming them directly into the heart of the stonk market. But if you don't make it in time, well, that's all your money in the bin. That's how it works. Risky business, this stonk market. It is. It's risky business. But if you get them over there in time, you're going to make some money. So you've got 9,000, no, sorry, you've got 8,000 turnips. And you've obviously got an amount of cash on you. How much cash have you got, Log? Eight. Eight what? Units. Eight units. You've got $8. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If that's the units. Yeah, you've big got $8. U- big units. Killer dollars. Oh, eight kilo dollars. Oh, that's $8,000. Okay, easy. Well, you've got $8,000 and you've got 8,000 turnips. Okay. Oh, I don't like it's the same amount of turnips as dollars. It feels like it's a weird thing. Well, Can you pick a just, different amount of dollars? I thought I made that number off the top of my head, but you see Well, as your first oh, action, you, you could Darren always just Brown throw it into you. As your first action, you could always just dispose of some of the turnips or some of the money. If you want. Turn turn one, I think. Is, is this also my money? Am I playing too? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're both playing. Oh, great. So I think we should discard $1,000 into a bush. Okay. Just so that there's, there's, there's no synchronicity in the values of turnips and dollars because it feels like they're one, the one-to-oneness of the, of the thing mm. is just making me feel anxious. Can we... No, that's great. Can we you've actually, not just you, hide it in the bush? Been, can we put it in the soil and then pat some soil on top of it? No, you've already put it in the bush, but you have been blessed by the bush fairy. Um, for, for the donation of $1,000. All right. Around you, you've got uncle an uncle corpse. Ooh. And, and, yeah, and uh, Steve, you ca- a solicitor. you carry on with the choice. And, I'm going to spend some time with the uncle corpse while he reads the rest of it. And you've got mm. a bucket of, there's a bucket of turpentine in the corner. I'm back from time with my uncle, and I am filthy, and I would like to clean my hands. If you've got any cleansing agents, maybe, oh, turn, turpentine, brilliant. I'll just clean my body, my oily uncle body. But buffing the uncle with turpentine, um, you reveal a series of uh, clues tattooed onto his neck and forearm, which uh, which you you note down in your notepad because they may be useful later. Just um, but as I now, suspected. it's uh, there's enough turpentine to bottle some up if you want, or you could just carry the whole bucket with you if you want. I would like to keep a vial of turpentine about my person. Very wise, Steve. All right, so I'm going to mark that down. You've got a vial of turpentine. So to your north. The big city. To your west, there appears to be some sort of shop. And to your east, another some sort of shop. To your south, more dead uncles. Steve, do you want to go to the shop while I spend some time in the dead uncle zone? Yeah, I've had my fill of dead uncles. <laughs> that one barely touched the sides. All right, we're going to split the party. You're still in clock zone one. You've got plenty of clock. Don't worry about it. Log. The series of doorways continues for some time, occasionally splitting off into two doors, each leading to another dead uncle and another solicitor. None of the uncles you can see look like yours, and none of them have left you any turnips. You could continue to investigate the wider uncle-verse, 
on another day. But right now, you simply don't have the time. Okay. Well, I, what I will do is just go up to every uncle that I see, press mm-hmm. my hand against their cheek, and whisper, you were never my uncle, into their nose. Then rejoin Steve. Okay. Should I just join Steve again? Yeah, that's fine. Can you add to your Also, I've jacked sheet? off. I've just jacked off yeah. while I was, while I was oh, talking okay. to you. I was distracting you by jacking while I jacked off. Okay. Can you add to your character sheet plus one truth yeah. and plus one courage? Thank you. Steve, ahead of you, sprawling is the big city. You can be anyone here. You can do anything. If you have the money, then no doors are closed. But if you can't grease the wheels of commerce, then those doors will soon enough become walls. And those wheels of yours weren't especially greasy. Maybe they were more like big cogs of fortune which, well, potentially very useful, but it's not, it's not a big greasy wheel. You can't replace a wheel on a car with a, with a cog, can you? That wouldn't really... You're, you're at the city. In the main square, there's an evening of entertainment about to commence. Hot nips, 20 euros. A fine enough offer as the day begins to chill. And the only way to the stonk market is through the bank of big nips, the economic powerhouse that keeps the city big, greasy wheel place. This feels like Final Fantasy VII now. <laughs> We're in wall market, aren't we? <laughs> I, I haven't fucking played it. Will you be enticed by a hot nip? Will you try and uh, talk to the crowds to try and hire an underling to better speed your cart to the house of big stonks? Or would you prefer to move on? To your north, we have the bank of big nips. To your east, a raucous crowd. And to your west, um... It's, uh, unfortunately, to your west, it's, it, the, the path is blocked by an impenetrable wall of turnips. Sounds like a clue. Is there any clues on that arm and face that you absorbed earlier, Steve, that might help us deal with that wall of turnips? <laughs> Upon inspecting the notes, you realise that, yes, there are tiny cracks what? in the wall of turnips that will allow you a path through. It turns out the wall is the way to go. No. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. You, you've discovered behind there's a, behind this gigantic pile of turnips, there is a turnip shop called Turpentine for Turnips for You with a with a number four and a letter U. Um, they have a hot deal where they will trade you a small amount of turpentine for one and a half thousand turnips. Fuck it, absolutely. Take my vial of turpentine. Fantastic. So you now have nine thousand five hundred turnips and seven thousand dollars. And as you're leaving, somebody taps you on the shoulder. And says, hello, I am a freelancer from Kevin's Wholesale Turnip Emporium. Would you be interested in buying some turnips? Fine turnip. He's offering to tell you, sell you more turnips, $150 for 10. Look, do you want to buy some more turnips? Um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, yes. <laughs> How many are you going to buy? Max amount. Maximum. Oh, but hang on, but leave $20 for the taxi. <laughs> You've got to get home, haven't you? Yeah. All right, let's see how many you can get. You can get... Um, you literally doing the maths. Yeah, I'm doing maths, man. Check it out. I think you can get like 2,000 turnips. Ticker tape coming out of his mouth. I can't really do the maths. My calculator came up with a weird number. It's probably more. It's probably 5,000. You think it's 5,000? It's probably 5,000. We about 17,000 turnips by now. I mean, right. Rog and I are the maths ones. Right? We, yeah, the no, you're right. Ones. Sums you've, you've boys. Convinced, you've convinced the man that you're giving money to that he has to give you this amount of turnips that you say. You now have 17,000. 7, yeah, you have 17,500 turnips now. Yeah. I think yeah. you've just ripped that guy off, but congratulations. 
Right. You're back now. You're back in the big city. You've got a crowd going on. And then you've got the bank of big nips ahead. I can't say I'm not tempted by the nips. Well, I feel like we could definitely rinse the the immediate area for the turnips. I really wanted you to say, I think we could definitely rinse the nips. Well, they've got, you've got people selling hot nips in the square, and you've also got the opportunity to try and, uh, you could have a refreshing hot nip, or you could try and hire somebody to help you carry all your turnips, or you can go and check out this big raucous crowd. Quick hot nip, then let's go on to the crowd. All right, you can have a quick hot nip. Right. A hot nip. <sighs> this is tough, guys. Um, you can buy a hot nip, but it, it's it's twenty dollars. It's twenty euros, which is just in what they call dollars in uh, in this, Steve, this part of the Steve town. Steve hates a one to one exchange rate. He won't stand for that. We're going on to the. I crowd. know it's all of your dollars, but a hot nip. You could really go for a hot nip right now. You could just pop one in there. I'll leave it to you, Steve. I'm 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 not going to force you into one. Into I don't want to pressure you guys, but I feel like well, look, uh, uh, we pocketed this twenty dollars for such an eventuality. I did say taxi, but mm. you know it was meant to be pocket change to be used. It took us ten minutes nips. to get here. We can get there in ten minutes. We can get back in ten minutes. It's fine. All right, get a nip. You have you've got no money left, but you have just consumed the two of you munching into it from both sides like feral versions of Lady and the Tramp. They can only squirt You've, in one direction and if I didn't get the, the mother load, I'll be fucking pissed. I think most people would be happy to only squirt in one direction. There's a joke from five years ago. All right. Um, what? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Rejuvenated by the warmth of a delicious hot nip. All of your skill cooldowns cool down immediately. You've, you've, you've got um, you've unlocked turnip summon and backstab. Your two skills. You can yes. choose who gets, who gets what. So you can cast those skills whenever you want. Nice. Um, what are those skills again? Tell me, because I wasn't paying attention. I was so excited. Turnip yeah. summon. Turnip summon and backstab. Yeah. Uh, what do they so do? Backstab is up to a range of 10 feet. You can immediately teleport behind somebody uh, and dealing one and a half times damage, uh, providing you're holding either a dagger or a turnip. A turnip summon just immediately uh, summons a thousand turnips. Well, I know what I want to do right now. A thousand turnip backstab. <laughs> I'm going to summon a thousand turnips. They rain down upon you like are rain. They, they, are they, got... They're not alive. They're not like potential nah, allies. Nah, the you just, you just, you just summon uh, just normal turnips, Log. What's your problem? Okay, You've got 18,500 turnips. Maybe just fucking look on the bright side of things. You've still got the crowds roaring away to your rights. I've never felt um, more equipped to deal with that crowd now that we've got 9,250 turnips each. The strain of that cart now is getting pretty heavy. It's a lot of turnips. It's twice as many. They're in a cart? Yeah, an exponentially larger cart. Oh, that's our, <laughs> that's our taxi home then, Steve. Don't worry about that. So do you want to try and hire some help? to carry this heavy cart of turnips onward? Or do you want to go and check out this loud crowd? I reckon we're doing all right, carrying the turnips by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Very good. I, I'll, I'll, stand, I'll stand by the fucking cart. I'm looking after these boys. Because right. if we ask for help, what are they going to want? Only bloody exactly. turnips. Exactly, exactly. Oh, thanks. I worked hard right. for my turnips. Those nips don't come from nowhere. 
Yeah. Trickle-down nip economy, that's all and I'm the, all and, about. And this is a turnip meritocracy. I got these turnips because I need because I need them and I want them. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> As you approach the chanting crowds, the source of the ruckus becomes apparent. A classic street game of nip and tug, the popular street sport that many enjoy gambling on. Half wrestling, half wits, half wanking your opponents off with a turnip. Nip and tug was frowned upon by the establishment, but irresistibly thrilling to the common folk. A champion might walk away with admiration and glory, but even the loser would return home with a sticky turnip to call their own. In your younger years, you'd have signed up as competitors in a snap. With the clocks diminishing fast, you just don't have the time. But there may be time for a very quick flutter on the battle that's just warming up. Would you like to bet on Chunky Susan or Shit David? Mm. Or you don't have to bet. But it's it's you can choose how many turnips you want to bet, and it's a it's like a a fifty fifty. What are the odds on the match? It's two to one on both of them because I don't understand gambling. In that case, we'll split it half split half the turnips each, but half on each one, and then we're guaranteed fifty percent more than we started with. <laughs> oh, shit, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> this is why I don't understand gambling. All right, you do that. So long. Can you tell me how many turnips you're going to win in this gamble? Twenty seven thousand seven hundred fifty. That's how many add, you're going to have. Add ten. Add log. Add ten thousand on top. Twenty seven thousand two hundred and fifty. No, thirty seven. Thirty seven thousand. That's correct. Thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seven thousand two hundred and fifty. Yeah. Congratulations! You've just won. You now have a total of thirty-seven thousand two hundred and fifty. Really? Turnips. Is that how many we've yeah. got now? Yeah. The winner of Did the you fight. Just work that out. Great. Ooh, yeah. So the great. winner of uh, yeah, I got a calculator. Yeah. The winner of the fight was shit, David. No one could believe it, but they had to give him the prize. Well, and we, we, because of we had every, we were just staring at the turnips the entire time, <laughs> salivating. <laughs> well, that's it. You've 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 now got a lot of turnips. And you go back to the town square, and I guess it's. Did it's, you ever imagine we'd have this many turnips at this point in the game? Uh, you didn't, did you? You didn't think no. we'd have it in us. Does there come a point where a massive pile of turnips just starts attracting more turnips of its own account? Are more turnips just turning up to be with ours? Because of interest. I think if you have more time... Because they're interested in our turnips, yes. And they, they yeah, to- <laughs> I, th- I think... Yeah, I, I, we're into Clock Zone 4 now, so we don't have time for that. But, yeah, the only place now to go on is to go on to the Bank of Big Nips. So you go in, towing along your 37,000 turnips behind Which you. apparently don't weigh that much after all. Mm. Well, no, you've got a big cart. You've got an exponentially growing cart. And every time it doesn't fit anymore, there's like a big uh, cartoon poof and another one appears and it's like even bigger. And then an advert pops up saying, buy 40 gems for just 20 pounds. Or wait seven hours. <laughs> wait seven hours for a fucking bigger car. The hustle and bustle of the bank is absurd. Big nips brushing against your shoulders, your face, your ankles, your knees. This is where the very largest of turnips are encased in a glossy turpentine-based paste and kept within airtight vaults for future usage. Many whispered that the inexplicable economic power behind turnips was being manipulated directly by the bank of big nips, slowly releasing new turnips at a slow enough rate to create a fictional sense of demand. But we had no time for such pointless speculation. Although you could ask a teller to inspect your turnips. Perhaps one of the larger varieties could be worth far more than the market rate. Mm. 
you're running a little low on time. You're in clock zone four. There's fewer clocks remaining. And the current markets have seen a nip slip of 8.36, but with prices expected to, uh, to rise again shortly. Was this whole thing just so you could have the phrase nip slip in a financial context? <laughs> no. amazing. <laughs> but really I wish it was. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue ahead? You've still got some time, or are you going to try and inspect for some rare turnips? See if we can make some big dollars on some of these rare boys. Let's have a quick skim through the nips and see if we can get some of those rare turns going. All right. Okay. Okay. Quickly, Matt. Oh, he's stamping everything. He's such a stick. He's such a, such a. Beer. It's good news, guys. It's good news. Uh, the chap man handles your nips with a brashness that is frankly rude, and uh, Teller slows down upon recognizing the weight of one turnip in particular, gently chafing the nip with a special tool that would determine its rigidity without causing it damage. A small smile crept across their face. They're going to take just one of these turnips now, out of your thirty-seven thousand. For ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars for one one nip. So, would you like to sell this special turnip for ten thousand dollars? I'm going to say yes, Steve. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Gimme, gimme, gimme. All right, you got ten k. That's that was good. You you you're great. You got you still got some time. Now you're into clock zone six, so time's running a little low. But you enter the spiral staircase at the back of the bank of big nips, and you begin your descent mm. down into the heart of the stonk market. Too narrow for your now comedically oversized cart to follow, you instead surf down the stairs on a wave of your own fine turnips, carried by the rooty beauties that would fund your new life of excess and grandiose. When the tumbling subsides, you push back the nips blocking both of your eyes, standing atop your mountain of turnips to look the heart of the stonk market right in the eyes. The current rate is 65 US dollars per turnip. How many would you like to sell? How long is it until they rot in our hearts? Well, you've got to, I mean, really, you, you, not long. You could keep some for sentimental reasons, but honestly, at this point, I'm gonna pocket. It's up to you. I'm gonna pocket one that looks like my uncle. All right. How many are you gonna pocket that look like your uncle, Steve? I'm gonna pocket one that looks like Log's uncle, and we're gonna okay. sell the rest. Miss that one. Okay. So that is <laughs> my uncle's uh, just got one of those faces though. That's thirty-seven thousand two hundred forty-eight turnips times uh, sixty-five. Yeah, uh, two point four million dollars is is directly uh, sent to your Monzo account. And the heart of the stock market says, It is done. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. You just made $2.4 million in the regular features turnip stocks venture. I feel I like the Jeff Bezos well. of root veg. I feel like Don't, the yeah. Elon Musk of chunky turnip boys. To be fair, I feel like I did a lot more work than Jeff Bezos does for that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and donate on a per episode basis. Did you see that video of um, all the monkeys in Thailand just tumbling over each other to find a scrap of food together? And it was just a massive sweltering mound of fucking angry monkeys who are starving. Mm. And I thought, nature is healing. 
Oh yeah, it's kind of true in a weird way. But it's like healing in the wrong way. Like when you, if you cut yourself in the web of your finger and it starts healing, scabbing up in between the fingers. Well, I guess they must be so reliant. You've got flippers now. Yeah. I guess like they must be. That's what nature's doing. Oh God. Yeah. You think like there's so many like tourist destinations where monkeys are so reliant on just the tourists feeding them. Yeah. Tourists. Yeah. Yeah, Same in, uh, in Kyoto, Nara Park, the, the deer who are normally fed on deer crackers, are now roaming into the city. They're roaming into Osaka, Getting cracker for crackers. Give me a cracker. And you, <laughs> deer you joke, cra- Matt, deer crackers? Se- Is that a Netflix show? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the deer are mouthing the words deer crackers. Um, <laughs> At the uh, at the little the little um, blinking LED man on the pedestrian crossings. Gaze of fucking ginsters. <laughs> Just a buffy bar. Oh, there's fucking egg in it. <laughs> They're very confused. Swans in Venice getting their beaks trapped in gondolas. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the that's, that's upside the, down. That's <laughs> the fucking name of videos I'm getting fed on Pornhub at the moment. The whole world's gone <laughs> mad. I'm just I getting, saw a goose. still getting dead uncles. What is wrong with my fucking <laughs> Pornhub? <laughs> And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Regular Ficheros.